You're listening to Audio Theater in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProjects.com. And now our feature presentation. The following audio is explicit in nature and may contain adult themes, light sexual situations, violent content, or strong language. To a precious few it was a paradise, a haven from the hectic pace of the real world. To others it was a nightmare. Nothing on this quaint island is as it seems. Beneath the tranquil lull of the ocean and the beautiful gardens, Dr. Nathaniel Lothman carved out a project based on Dr. Sam Beckett's theories on time travel. Hungry for the power to reform history to his own liking, Dr. Lothman integrated himself into the project and became Lothos. As his staff worked to his ultimate goal, their lives are held in the balance. Still vigilant to be who they are in a complex where danger lurks around every corner, their secrets lie buried and passions rest dormant. But for how long? Last time on Quantum Retribution. When you were coming in, you didn't happen to see Tal Lotherman about anywhere, did you? Tala? Mm, the technician that works in Lotho's hub. The one with the long red hair, blue eyes, and... Hmm. That's the only Tala I know of in the complex. I've noticed her about the complex before, but to answer your question, no, I haven't seen her today. Is there a reason why she would be around here? Would you like me to find her for you, Miss Zoe? You know that all you need to do is ask. I'd appreciate it very much, Max. She... She had been punished and was in here recuperating. She's still confused by it and... And she's wearing only a towel. Bring her back here if you find her, Max. And remember... She's confused and probably not a little frightened, too. May I help you up? Here, take my hand, Miss Tala. Thank you. Ready? Yes. Good. Come with me, Miss Tala. Driver and siren sitting in a tree. K I S S I N G. Shut up. Well, that's what you were doing now, weren't you? Wouldn't you like to know? I would give a year of my life to just spend 30 minutes with you. I want to make love to you, siren. I want to be with you. Right here, forever.
I can't. I... I just can't. Oh, God. The look on his face. I... He must think I'm just being a tease. Siren? No. Please. Okay. Here comes Sir Galahad. Siren, are you okay? Let me zip you up. Are you going to be okay? <clears throat> I'm fine, Mr. Conroy. I, I always seem to bounce back from anything that comes in my way. You should button your shirt and tuck it in, Mr. Conroy. It, it wouldn't be appropriate to go to lunch in such disarray. No, it wouldn't. Well, we've got about half the lunch break left, ma'am. May I help you to the cafeteria? <clears throat> uh, ma'am? Very well. I don't want it to be this way, Mr. Conroy. I don't. Can't you see that? Don't even think about saying what I know is on your mind. Now make yourself useful and open the door. <laughs> In the cafeteria, Trevor allowed Siren to choose where to sit. After settling her in a chair, he got in line and, in short order, returned to the table with their meals. Placing Siren's plate before her, he took his seat and wasted no time in digging into his meal. Aren't you hungry? Hmm? What? Oh, oh no, not really. I'll get something later if I need to. Time flies. When you're having fun. I'll ask Dr. Hugin if I can get a pair of crutches. I don't want to hurt your back. Don't worry about my back. I can carry you wherever you need to go for as long as we have to be together. Please take me back to the office. You may come back and finish your meal, or you can bring it with you. But I need to get back. I'm finished. For the rest of the afternoon and into the early evening, except for the sound of pen on paper or fingers skittering on keyboards, the concentrated silence of people working reigned in logistics sector. At a quarter to seven, the intercom on Trevor's desk buzzed yet again. Ah, jeez. What the hell does she want now? Did I forget to cross a T or dot some I? Siren had just taken her finger off the intercom button when she felt her blood sugar dropping. Quickly, she took a piece of candy from her desk drawer and was just popping it in her mouth when there was a knock at the door. Come in. Yes, ma'am. Trevor, I... What is it? Are you having a seizure? Do you have any candy? Yes. See? Oh, good. Now, do you want me to call Dr. Hugin? No, I'll be fine. If he finds out you didn't eat lunch, he'll fillet and fry you up crisp. Remember, I was here this morning when he pinned your ears back for not eating. I ate... I just didn't eat a lot. Is everything okay in here? I'm... I'll be fine. My blood sugar was just a little low. When it does that, it scares me. Just having someone in the room with me calms my fears. You know, in case I do have a really bad seizure. Honestly, it doesn't happen often. But if it'll help allay your fears, 
I'll have the door open when I'm not having a meeting. Okay. I'm right out here too if you need anything. Anything at all. So the confidence level does dip a bit from time to time. What's the matter with me? Under the stress she's been subjected to and being diabetic, I'd probably feel a little easier having someone close by. Are you okay now? Yes, Mr. Conroy. I'm fine now. Okay. Get back to work and leave me alone. If a certain person in this room doesn't knock it off, he's gonna be seriously in danger of being rolled in peanut butter and thrown into a pack of starving chipmunks. <laughs> Another workday finished, and tomorrow night, it's party time. I've already set everything up and invited the girls. How many of the girls did you have to brainwash this time? (laughs) Yep, I brainwashed them all right, with my charm. And don't you say that I don't have any. I do. Just ask the boss. Guess that makes me a cross between Jack the Ripper and Quasimodo. Uh, Personally, I think Karen's just coming. Uh, She is coming, isn't she? Oh, in that case, I think she's coming just so she can ignore you up close and personal. Do that again, and I'll be hosting the party, because the fire team will be hosing you down after I set your pants on fire. What did you say? Wouldn't you like to know? Whatever. Have a good evening, ma'am. Alan, before you leave, may I speak with you a moment in private, please? Hear that? She wants to talk to me in private. Sure doesn't sound like sweet syrup to me, pal. You wanted to see me, ma'am. No more ma'ams. I'm not that old. Actually, I think you're older than me. So, just stop. Call me Siren. At least when we're off duty. Okay. Am, Am I to understand that you're having a party tomorrow evening? It's our once-a-month combination. We can only do this kind of bash once a month, and thank God it's Friday party. Last one was a real blowout. You're more than welcome to come. Oh, thank you. What time is the party, and where? When? Tomorrow evening, as soon as the office door locks. The where is my place, 7.30. Trevor knows the address. Two doors down from his place. Well, if you don't mind your boss being there, I just might come. I don't really think we ever had a formal introduction, Mr. McAllister. Please, call me Alan. All right, Alan. I hope that we'll work well together. Never pass up a chance to make points with the boss. Especially when she's a looker. When you see him, ma'am, would you let Trevor know that I got his lampshade cleaned? He looks so good in it when he gets a little deep in the beer. In the outer office, Alan eased around Trevor, thinking his roundabout beeline for the door was a good one. But it wasn't. Trevor let Alan get just past him, then in two steps grabbed the back of his shirt collar and hauled back. Hey! Sorry to disappoint you, Alan. Hey, you remember me saying about getting the film from the last party developed? What? 
No, don't. Oh, but I did get one role developed, and one of the shots was so good. Okay, okay, okay. You don't have to go there, pal. You really don't have to go there. I'll stop. Alan, I never would have believed you would have done that. And in front of all those girls. Shh. <laughs> okay. Okay, you win. Uncle! Now, we're even. Well, now that you're even, can we go to dinner? I'm famished. Okay. Trevor got in the serving line and several minutes later made his way back to Siren, carefully balancing the tray with their food and drinks. Your dinner, ma'am. Mr. Conroy, Trevor, I'm not going to pussyfoot around the subject. Have I said or done something wrong? I know that we have to spend the next two weeks together, but does it have to be so... so icy? Never mind. It obviously doesn't matter to you. It matters. But like you, I prefer not to air certain things in public. Listen, this isn't a threat. But if you don't eat, I'll call Dr. Hugan and let him know you basically haven't eaten enough to fill a thimble today. Fine. After that, the iciness she had mentioned settled over them like a heavy, dark cloud. When the meal was finished... Trevor whisked her up into his arms and back to hers and Xavier's quarters. It was a very short, very quiet elevator ride. Over there, on the couch. I trust you had a productive day at work. Please, sit down, Mr. Conroy. If it's all right with you, sir, I prefer to stand. Suit yourself. You didn't answer my question. How was your day? It was... it was very informative. If you don't mind, I think I'll retire early. I've got a headache. I hope you'll feel better in the morning, ma'am. Let me help you. Can you manage, my dear? I can manage, Dad. Thanks. Kissing his daughter goodnight, Xavier returned to the living room to see that Trevor had found sheets, blanket, and pillow in the closet, and was making up the couch. Early night, too? Yes, sir. Then I suggest you put those things back in the closet and get in the bedroom with Siren. Undress and get into the bed now, Mr. Conroy. I don't have anything to sleep in. You didn't wear anything last night either, so why should it bother you to sleep that way again? You can either undress and get into that bed, or you can spend the next eight hours in a correction cell with Mara. Again. Your choice, Mr. Conroy. You are one of the most stiff-necked men I've ever encountered, Mr. Conroy. 
Glancing beyond him, Xavier saw his daughter rubbing her temples. He knew very well what it was like for her when she got one of her rare migraine headaches. However, while she was in correction, as Siren's TM, Xavier had full discretion about how to handle or treat anything that occurred during that period of time. Choosing to exercise that option, Xavier walked over to the bed. Do you need an ice pack, Siren? Oh, no thank you, sir. I'll be fine. I just need some sleep. Very well. Sleep well. Great, hothead. Get greedy, why don't you? In spite of his better judgment, he turned over towards Siren and carefully moved half of the covers over her. As he did so, in the narrow sliver of light coming from the barely closed bedroom door, he could see that she was watching him. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to grab the covers so hard. No, I'm sorry. I've obviously done something that has upset you. And whether or not that's a part of what happened this morning or not, I... I'm sorry. Yes, it does have something to do with it. Look, I understand how you feel about what almost happened this morning. No, no, you don't understand how I feel about what almost happened this morning. Siren, I... You... Oh, God. My head really hurts. Maybe we should just go to sleep, okay? All right. Good night. Thames paced before the two leapers for several moments, allowing their anticipation of the next challenge to grow. He read clearly the way they looked each other over before resuming a face-forward at attention posture. Ah, some sexual tension as well. Good. Very good. Oh, if we weren't competing. Oh, if I wasn't in this competition, I... When is he going to say something? In your second challenge, your objectives are the same, though with a different setting for each of you. Again, Lothos will observe for both of you. Each of you will be leaped into an individual inside a high-security government agency or industry office. Your goal is to ascertain what the most sensitive business objective is, be it a new software program, a prototype for a new weapon, whatever, and then sabotage it, but not physically destroy it. Your goal is to disable or cripple it so that it costs that business or government billions of dollars and years to repair the damage. If you're able to convince, coerce, or blackmail someone else into doing it, so much the better. These leaps are actual assignments, and as such, you will be assessed on the degree of skill and level of success you achieve. You will have five hours to accomplish your mission. At the end of five hours, Lothos will decide whether or not you have achieved your objective and retrieve you. Remember, there are no second chances. Report to the accelerator chambers to which you were assigned in the first challenge. Go. When Thames said, go, the two leapers returned in short order to the accelerator chambers again. Entering chamber number one, Joanna took her place on the center pad and took a calming breath. Just five hours to succeed? Not a problem.
It seemed to Joanna that she barely felt the energy begin to flow through her, when, just as immediately it seemed, reality began again. Taking a few seconds to allow her body to acclimate, she opened her eyes. She was sitting behind a large, polished desk in a spacious office. A glance to the left revealed an impressive view of other high-rise buildings beyond the wall of floor-to-ceiling windows. Discovery of a woman's purse in one of the desk drawers gave Joanna access to important information about her host, a woman. Hmm. Talmadge Industrial Security's security pass card for Jennifer Thebes, 29 years old, brunette, green eyes, 5 foot 11, 136 pounds. Jennifer, Mr. Willis wants you to stay late and finish out that proposal. He's leaving for London on the midnight flight out of Dulles. He wants to take it with him to review. <clears throat> Jennifer? Miss Thebes, are you all right? Talmadge Industrial Securities was one of the toughest places in the country to get past the front door, and the number of female Talmadge Industrial Securities employees made up only 12% of their employees throughout their various locations in the country. Jennifer Thebes had not only gotten through the door, but she had systematically worked her ass off to climb the corporate ladder. She was as cutthroat as any man in her field, and God help anyone, male or female, that took her college cheerleader good looks to mean that there wasn't anything residing behind her cat-like green eyes. What kept most of the men on their toes, and on the right side of her, was her known penchant for backstabbing. In the four years since he'd made it past the front door, Elliot had heard plenty of stories and even witnessed one incident. At the moment, however, all he wanted to do was deliver the message from the CEO of the company, get her response, and report back to Mr. Willis, so he could get the hell out of the building. As he watched her watching him, he silently wondered, again, what man in the company had the cojones to want to get under her skirt? Not me, that's for damn sure. Miss Thebes? Ma'am? Vaughn, once back on the acceleration chamber's level, entered accelerator chamber number three, following the technician's instructions when the chamber was ready. Moments later, the first tendrils of electricity and waves of power washed over and through his body, and he relaxed into the power flow. In what seemed both a nanosecond and an eternity, he felt the nothingness fade as reality reclaimed him. I'm ready for anything. Bring it on. Then he opened his eyes. Don't move. You have been listening to Quantum Retribution, episode 112. Mixed, shaken, not stirred. Part 2. Featured in this episode was... David Alt as the announcer, MJ Cogburn as Siren Lothman, Tanya Milosevic as Veronica Monroe, Jean Hild Fulgham as Joanna Royden, Pete Lutz as Thames, Shane Harris as Trevor Conroy, 
Rich Matheson as Von Ricard and Xavier. Dave Morgan as Alan McAllister. And yours truly as the production announcer. Quantum Retribution was written and produced by M.J. Cogburn and C.E. Krawiak. Post-production by M.J. Cogburn. Executive producer for Darker Projects is M.J. Cogburn. Theme music is available for download at sounddogs.com. Other music by Kai Hartwig and Kevin McLeod. This has been a Darker Projects production. This is Seth Adam Schur. Thank you for listening. Thank you.